Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. All right, how's everybody tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening? Happy Wednesday, and uh, welcome to another episode of Unchurched Podcast. This is Michael, who is hopefully doing his very last solo dolo without the dizzle, Sean himself. Um, Actually, he'll be here this coming weekend, so we are excited to have Uncle Sean in the house. Um, we're excited to see him in the D one more time and, um, we'll have a good time. We'll see how many recordings we can get in while he's here. And, um, I guess we'll make a, a, a fly by the seat of our pants decision on whether or not we'll just post everything as we record or, um, space it out a little bit. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Send us an email. Um, at Michael or Sean at unchurchedpodcast.show and let us know what you'd like us to do. Post as we go or just go ahead and um, span it out for a little bit. So uh, for tonight or for today's, it's nighttime when I'm recording this, so I might say tonight a few more times. Get off my back. Stop busting my balls, kid. <laughs> I'm sure that didn't sound Boston. Uh, anyway, um, I'm in one of those type of moods. I, uh, I'm, I'm really, really, really going to try to uh, put an end to to this conversation. Frankly, I'm, I'm sick of talking about it, but I got nothing else to do but talk about it. Because everybody else is talking about it. I'm thinking about it all the time. It's on my mind. It's on my heart. And um, frankly, yeah, I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. But feel like I can't be all at the same time. I'm so conflicted. I really am conflicted. There's a lot of thoughts running through my head. And I can't get them all out. Um... Listening to the last podcast, I kind of felt like I was all over the place, Um, but it's just so much. Um, All right, let's see where to start today. Tonight, tonight we gonna get it. We gonna get it. I'm gonna do my best to be succinct as possible um, because I want to be. I'm ready to go outside and have a cigar. And can't do it in my basement office because my wife will kill me. That's not funny, Michael. Your wife is white. I know. All right. So, um, did you guys hear about what happened in Fort Lauderdale? Um, this dude, I don't even want to say his name, but Stephen Poherence, he was suspended. After shoving a a woman who was kneeling down during a Black Lives Matter um, protest, she was just kneeling down. The video is uh, 
disturbing. Not as disturbing as the guy who got knocked over in New York, but he bled out. But um, this dude was just a hothead. And um, when you watch the video, it's pretty funny. There's a, a black cop, a female cop, who's calling him off of the crowd. And as he's retreating, retreating back, you know, to the other cops, vehicles or whatever, he sees this woman. She's on her knees. You see it in the video. She's got her hands up. She's shouting Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. And he pushes her over as he walks by her, like deliberately pushes her over. And um, the crazy thing is, is that the... <laughs> the the black female cop starts yelling at him and just, I, I was waiting for her to be like old school black mama, take her earrings off. She didn't have any on, but just go with me for a second. Take the earrings off, take off her shoes. Oh, you're going to be about to get it right now, mofo. I just wanted her to just cold cock him, but um, she didn't. But she did a lot of yelling and a lot of demonstrative, um, you know, abuse back at him of course without hitting him but anyway I just want what I want to point out about this story if you haven't read it it's uh it was all it was over the Miami Herald and I'll I'll do my best to get you this link um as well in the show notes so that you can read it for yourself but the dude apparently um He's got a history of abuse, and uh, he's been reviewed by the Internal Affairs for using force 79 times <laughs> in three and a half years of being on the force. Just joined the force in 2016. Now, this guy is, and it's, you know, it doesn't say it was unlawful use of force. And of course, every time you do have to use force, it goes before a review to make sure it's lawful or, or not. Um, but this dude keeps getting in trouble, has gotten in trouble for the last three and a half years for use of force and pulling on his weapon constantly on people. Now, it, the article, you can read it. It doesn't say he's ever shot anybody. But I, I just get a question. How many times can you fuck up on your job before you get fired? I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. How many times? I mean, <laughs> ain't no way in hell that I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, where I'm going to be called into HR 79 times. They might determine that I didn't do anything wrong, but hey, it's a black mark. A black mark is a black mark. No pun intended. I just thought that that was interesting. I, I, you know, with the whole argument of privilege, where people say that white privilege don't exist. Explain that to me, please. Explain that to me how the Duke can go before internal review 79 times in the last three and a half years and still keep his job. I don't understand how. I'm not a cop. But um, <laughs> he's had to, he's been told to go to classes 
on how to deal with the public because his his persona his his the way he interacted with the public on a regular basis was highly aggressive now, I don't know if this guy might be ex-military or something and you know he got the job and he's a little jumpy or whatever because of his PTSD whatever it, it could be a million different reasons I'm really 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 trying these days to be compassionate um, because obviously all cops don't have this issue right and saying black lives matter doesn't mean that you have to hate cops right it doesn't mean that all cops are bad none of that but it, we are reiterating the fact that Black lives do matter. The response shouldn't be all lives matter. And the reason why it shouldn't be that is because all lives aren't the ones that are <laughs> being lost in issues and situations like this. I know there's been so much talk about George Floyd and all the, the looting that's going on and all of this stuff. I, I read an interesting post. There was a Gorgeous white lady took a picture with her son. Good looking kid. Reminds me of Micah, my oldest boy. He's a beautiful kid. He looked like he was probably 17 or 18 years old. And um, she's hugging on him and loving on him. And she says, I'm white and I have a black son. And if any cop, no matter who they were, had his knee on my son's neck for nine minutes until he died. I will burn down the whole fucking city. <laughs> there were black friends of mine that were like reposting that on, on Facebook today. And I got a huge kick out of it. Because frankly, um, oh, and she continued on. I don't have it in front of me. In front of me I'm just paraphrasing what she said um, she said that not only would I be burning the place down and I, I think of uh, uh, what's his name on Black Panther um, not War Machine what's his name what was the villain's name played by Michael B. Jordan y'all know who I'm talking about don't judge me for not remembering anyway um, Warmonger was that his name? Something like that. Whatever. <laughs> Remember when he he defeated the Black Panther um, in their little ritual, and then when they go to give him the the juice from the plant so that he would become the new Black Panther, he goes down to the keepers of the of that little serum, the plant, and he says, "Burn it all." <laughs> it's one of the. It's one of the most badass scenes in the movie. He says, burn it all. I want it all to burn. I'm the last one. You know, I thought of that when I was reading her post. She's like, not only would I burn it. She said, but I'd be getting my whole community and everybody that loves me to go out with me to burn it all down. Because that's how atrocious 
this act of brutality and murder was. Obviously, I'm not saying that I agree, because I don't. I don't agree. I disagree. But I can appreciate the fire and the heart behind it. And I'd bet my bottom dollar, dollar that she probably wouldn't do it in reality, but that's how she feels. She has that much righteous indignation, if you will. And I would argue that there's nothing wrong with that indignation. And that if all of this that's going on doesn't light a fire in your soul, it doesn't move you at all, there's an old prophet that used to come to the church that I used to go to. Is is he's a great guy. He used to he had a line. He said that if that don't light your fire, your wood is wet. And that's how I feel. Like if this doesn't cause a little bit of passion to rise up in you, man. You got to check yourself, look in the mirror, look at your heart, look at what's going on on the inside of you. And, um, and like I said, you know, towards the end of the last podcast, you need some black friends. (laughs) You need, you need some friends that are black that you can talk to, that you can, you know, go up to them and say, Hey, look, Hey, we're friends, right? Check first. Because they might just be being nice to you. You don't know. We're friends, right? Can I ask you a question? Like an honest question and you give me an honest answer? Like, I, this is bothering me and I really want to know. And if they open the door for you, go ahead and ask the question and have those type of difficult conversations. Because it's necessary. I think that if we all come from a place of Wanting to be better and wanting to um, challenge our mindsets. I mean, the fact is, is that there is no growth without challenge, right? There's no way for you to grow without challenge, without a little bit of pressure being applied to you. And I'm, and I guess what I'm saying is, pull up your big girl panties and and. And let yourself be uncomfortable for a little bit. And I would argue that it's a good thing right now, given today's climate, that we all be a little bit uncomfortable. Just so that we can have the conversation, the dialogue, the the interaction with one another that's going to eventually bring us healing. I'm seriously trying to put this to bed and to stop talking about it. I really am. And so, but I know I'm not going to be able to because Sean and I actually haven't talked about this on the podcast yet together. He's given me some of his thoughts. I've given him mine. You know, we've had some discussions about it. You know, we we both have our own shit going on right now. So it's a, you know, it's not the number one topic. And and frankly, I, I... Honestly, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't. I don't want to talk about it at all. And then my top starts, you know, jumping a little bit because I've been holding back. 
and then it just starts spilling over, I got to talk. I wouldn't advise that you do what I'm doing, especially if you're <laughs> more of an angry person than I am. Um, but it, this shit needs to be talked about so that healing can happen. Action isn't going to take place until, you know, things get said that need to be said. And even if you expose yourself as being a racist, at least you get it out verbally and not with violence. And hopefully you're willing to change and you can, you can change some stuff. I've got a friend of mine who uh, I went to middle school with who posted some stuff on Facebook about a gentleman. I can't remember what his name is. I don't really care. But he called him a name. He didn't know the origins of that name. He just thought that it was a slang name, meaning something like somebody stupid type of deal. It turns out that it was a, a Jewish slur. And the guy that he said it about was actually Jewish. And once he found that out, I don't know how he found it out. If he did the research a little bit deeper after he learned the word or somebody confronted him about it, he immediately went back on Facebook and said, hey, guys, I made a mistake. I fucked up. I thought that this word was this, but it actually means this. And I called this guy that and he actually is Jewish. And that is wrong. That was not my intent. And I'm an idiot for not even doing researching the word and, and, and knowing really what it meant. And that's my fault. And I apologize because I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend you, my friends, my family or nothing. I made a mistake and I never should have done it. This is a conversation about how stupid this guy is. And it had nothing to do with race. The guy was just an idiot, in my opinion. And I should have just left it at that instead of bringing in this slur which I had no idea was a, racist, a, a, a racial or racist slur. I didn't know. Now I know. I feel bad. I regret it. I'm sorry. Which, in my opinion, was very big of him. He was willing to have that conversation and, and learn something and then go out and correct it. And I think that the idea of grace is to give people that chance to be able to do it. If you've used racist, racist language in your past, you should be allowed to redeem yourself and to, uh, to be forgiven, to own up to your mistakes, really have some remorse about it, and be forgiven. Like We all should have that right and give each other that right. And I know there's probably a ton of black people that are throw stones at me right now for saying something like that. Maybe. And, and maybe not. But, I mean, people hold on to things. Especially things that are said that are racially. Racial, uh, with racial connotations. They'll hold on to that shit as, as long as the day is long. You know? As far as the day is long. My point is that you don't have to. And if you really do want healing and if you really do want some resolve and peace, it might be a good opportunity for you to actually talk about it and say, hey, look, man, this is the way I've had these conversations with white friends. Hey, this is the way that I was brought up. I don't believe this way anymore. Because I'm older, I've learned some things, but honestly, this is the way that I was brought up. 
And I hate that I was brought up this way. But I am different. And that's important. That's important ownership right there that every individual needs to take. Everybody is not fortunate enough that they, they can be raised in a family where race wasn't an issue. Where intermingling with other races was encouraged. And, and honestly, and I'm not tooting my horn, but I, my parents are badass, man. They were great. They are great. I was fortunate to be a military brat. That my dad was in the service. That my dad's best friend, his wingman, literally his wingman, was a white guy. And, and, and when, that, when his helicopter got shot down with him and his wingman in it, my dad was broken up. He was shell-shocked. He cried his eyes out. He was a mess. He lost one of his best friends. A white guy. I, didn't, I wasn't raised hating white people. I was introduced to all these different cultures from the very beginning of my life because of the military. I thank God for the military experience and having friends from all these different races and never being taught that they were bad or different than me or that I was bad or different from them. I, I'm fortunate in that. But there's a lot of people that aren't that fortunate. There's a lot of people that grow old with mindsets that are not conducive to peace. And you can fault them for that forever, or you can have a conversation and try to be part of the solution. Loving people where they're at and loving them to the place where you can have peace with them. It's a huge difference there. It's a, it's a huge responsibility, and it's a huge weight. But I think the responsibility belongs to all of us to do it. I, I, okay, so let me, let me try to... So, so that was one article. Um, Candace Owens. I'm sure plenty of you have seen her interview with Glenn Beck at this point. Or you've seen her, you know, uh, her tweet or whatever, her videos where she comes out talking against George Floyd. She flat out says he wasn't a good person. He wasn't a good person. And it sickens her to her stomach that he's being considered a martyr during this time. I watched her video and it was probably about 16 minutes long. And I watched the whole thing and I tried to be open-minded. She's a political activist. Um, she's extremely conservative. And, you know, she is, she's a conservative activist. That's what she tells herself as being. And I'm already over 20 minutes and it's like 25 minutes into this. I really, really do want to put this to a close. Just bear with me and give me some extra minutes, please. She describes George Floyd as a symbol of an, a, quote, broken culture in black America today. <laughs> now, 
mind you, let me just say, she has a, a like a, a Patreon account or like a GoFundMe thing or something like that. That's how she makes a little extra money as an activist. They've dropped her because of her comments, because her comments were so insensitive and and so offensive to the black community. There are black people all over this country who are denouncing her, calling her all types of names and just done with Candace Owens. And there's plenty that agree with her as well. So uh, let me not be too biased at this point. But she does say that his death was unlawful and that the people need to be prosecuted. And, and frankly, the guy who had his knee on his neck, George Floyd's neck, um, it, it was like murder number three. It got moved up to murder number two once they you know, looked at the evidence further. I'm sure reviewed that video a little bit further. And we're just like, you know, no, we're, pull, we're pulling this up to murder number two. And you can look that up on your own. What's the difference between murder one, two, and three? And the amount of time and the amount of years that a person would get for each one. What's, what's the bandwidth, if you will? Um, so now we're like two weeks into Black Lives Matter um, protests, right? She says that... Um, that she's sickened by the fact that George Floyd has been uh, held up as a martyr. And she bases this on the fact that he's been to jail five times. Okay. To me, it's like, okay, so fine. Now, the dude is a free man at this point. <clears throat> he's walking the streets. He's got five kids. He's a father. He's probably trying to do his best right now. Again, once again, let me say that the fraudulent bill that he was accused of giving to the shop owner still hasn't turned up. It's been weeks. There's no evidence of it. There's no, there's no strain of truth to him giving a fraudulent bill. Now, I don't know what was said between the shop owner and George Floyd to cause the shop owner to call the cops on him. But believe me, it is not unheard of for somebody to be scared of a black man and then call the cops on them and give them some bullshit line as to what that guy or girl did or said. Okay? If you don't believe me, look up the story of Emmett Till. Okay, look it up, read the story, read the story of what happened to him, how he was beaten, his face beyond recognition, <laughs> just the brutal murder of Emmett Till. And you'll discover that the accusation against him was completely false. And it was just one white person's word. It wasn't anybody else's word against his. Against that white lady's um, word. There was nothing against it. She said it. Boom. Next thing, he's dead. 
Anyway. There is no proof that George Floyd gave a fraudulent bill. That's still the truth today. As of this recording. If something comes out later on, they say, oh yeah, here we go, we found the bill. Here's the video evidence of of him giving that bill. Here's the concrete evidence that he did commit a crime. Did he or did he not deserve to have his knee have a knee on his neck for nine, almost nine minutes, eight minutes and forty seven seconds? A guy on his midsection, a guy on his legs. Did he deserve to die for the crime that he was accused of? And just and just because he's got priors, does that warrant his death? Or just because he's got priors, does that warrant... See, nobody's calling him a martyr. But Candace Owens is like, it sickens me to my, to my stomach that they're calling her, you know, that he's considered a martyr to the black community. He is not a martyr to the black community. His name is today's name of countless black people who have been murdered as a result of police brutality. It's just his name today. Brianna Taylor. I remember her last name this time, so fuck you. Taylor was her last name. She, that, was, that was the name. That was the face. Before that. Um, sorry, the wife is texting me while I'm recording. About foods not to give the baby. No hot dogs for babies. Okay, that's what she just sent. If you're listening out there, no hot dogs for babies. Help me remember, okay? Um, the name before Taylor was Ahmad Aubrey. Come on. None of them were murders. None of them were called murders. It's called tragic. It's tragedy. It's unlawful. <laughs> Police brutality. It's it's death of black men and women at the unlawful death. I don't care that he's got five priors. I don't care that he's been to jail five times. That doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that he should still be alive today. That's what matters. He shouldn't be dead. That is what matters. His life is what matters. Not that he's a martyr. Come on, Candace Owens. <laughs> uh, she had an interview with Glenn Beck. And then the Trump. Or the Trump. I didn't mean to say the Trump. Uh, and then Trump retweeted it. Because of her comments. Um, Glenn Beck, after his interview with her. He tweeted, he said, I don't care what George Floyd did. The officer should not have, should have never treated him like that and killed him. But we still must ask, is he a hero? Okay, Glenn Beck, you can sit and spin. The last part, nobody's calling him a hero. This isn't a movie. This is real life. Nobody's calling him a hero. Nobody's calling him a a martyr. He's not. He is today's face and name to the atrocities 
that have been uh, upon black the black community for hundreds of years. Okay? Hundreds of years. We forget. We forget. Man, June 19th is coming up. You guys know about that? It's very big in the black community. Juneteenth. Do you know the importance of Juneteenth? <laughs> Juneteenth is what we call it. But June 19th is the day. Oh. I'm getting frustrated just talking about this right now. But uh, let me just say, while you're looking it up right now, because you probably don't know what it is, some of you, it's the day that the Emancipation Proclamation was read to the last state, <laughs> the state of Texas. Read about it. Learn about it. Learn some black history. Because the, the fact is, and, and I don't know if you ever heard this before, but I've heard this in my entire life. Black history is the history of America. Don't you ever fucking forget it. Don't ever forget it. It's land that was stolen from the natives and built up by black slaves. <laughs> and a lot of white people made wealthy on the backs of those black slaves. All right, I really don't want to do a bunch of history lessons now. He says, I don't care what he did. The officer should have never treated him like that and killed him. And that's where he should have stopped. Because nobody is calling George Floyd a hero. And fuck you, Mr. Beck, for trying to spin this to make it something that it shouldn't be. Fuck Trump, too. 46-year-old father that's now dead. The last sick part I want to talk about is the fact that Trump tried to capitalize on George Floyd's death in a speech last Friday. He said that George Floyd was, air quotes, looking down and saying, this is a great day. <laughs> it's a great day for what? And suggested that a strong, air quote, strong economy would help repair racial tensions. It's a great day, huh? We're living in a great day. We're making America great again. All right. All right, Mr. Trump. I don't even like Joe Biden. Uh, Sleepy Joe, as Trump calls him. But Joe kind of went off. I kind of appreciate what he had to say to Trump. Uh, he says, uh, Trump was speaking of a man who was brutally killed by an act of needless violence and by a larger tide of injustice that has uh, metastasized 
on this president's watch has moved to split us based on race, religion, and ethnicity. George Floyd's last words, I can't breathe, have echoed all across the nation and quite frankly around the world. He said from uh, Delaware State University. For the president to try and put any other words in the mouth of George Floyd, I think, quite frankly, is despicable. And I agree with Joe. I agree with Joe for that comment right there. You want to talk about the economy and talk about jobs coming back and people going back to work now that this COVID situation is over and uh, all of that. You want to talk about that? Fine. But to use George, uh, George Floyd and say, <laughs> and say Floyd is looking down and saying this is a great day, air quotes, great day. Because you see something good happening, starting to happen in the economy. Dude. I'm just going to try not to be belligerent here. Um, God knows what I really want to say. It's, it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Last article I'm going to give you. Masked white nationalists marched in Washington on Monday. There was no permit for, you know what the white nationalists are, right? You know what they stand for, right? They are the formerly known as neo-Nazis. Okay? <laughs> they marched on Washington on Monday. They had a police escort of five uh, or of 12 different cops. It was over 100 people marching. You had cops there helping to keep the peace during their march. Um... You know another word for march in this case? Protest? <laughs> there was no uh, permit for their protest, for their march. They just did it. They just did it. How did they get a police escort without a permit? Why are neo-Nazis, white nationalists, why are they being allowed to march on Washington with police escorts and you got police that are dropping tear gas on people in Detroit? You got them shooting protesters with rubber bullets in Atlanta. You got gangs that are being allowed to break the cars of windows of women driving by in the city of Chicago. But you got a police escort for the white nationalists. I, I don't understand that. I don't get that. <laughs> and while they're marching, they're chanting, Reclaim America. You know what they're saying, right? Reclaim America for the white nationalists. Reclaim America? I'm sorry, who's taking over America? The 13% of black people that actually live in this country? 
Who are you reclaiming America for? Who are you reclaiming America from? They also chanted, life, liberty, and victory. Victory over what? Victory over oppression? Victory over racism? Oh, how about victory over bigotry? How about victory? <laughs> oh. While the world turns, I, I just, I, I, I don't get this. I don't get it. This white nationalist group, they are the former neo-Nazi. They are the former Unite the Right group. They changed their name from Unite the Right to whatever it is that they're called uh, right now. Um, the Patriot Front is what they're being called right now. The Patriot Front is their new name. But their former name was Unite the Right, the neo-Nazi group. Okay? And if you remember what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017, they held a rally in Charlottesville, and there was a guy, part of their group, who jumped in a car and ran over people. Not the other Nazis. They didn't run them over. It was the counter-protesters that they ran over with their car in 2017. He didn't get charged until 2018 for his shit. He killed people with his car. In 2018, he was sentenced to life in prison. Remember what Trump said back then? You don't, but I'll put, it, I'll, I'll put the article in the, in the show notes. He said, uh, there were, there, were, uh, there were bad people on both sides. It was the fault of both sides that people died. Really? So you had both sides in the same car? Running over one side, not the other? What did they do to choose which side to hit with the car? They flip a coin? How was it both sides? How, how do you figure that? I'm so, I'm so messed up over all of this. This is brutal. Um, but yeah, there's no such thing as white privilege. Um, I'm actually going to close here in a minute, and I'm I'm 45 minutes in. Um, I was talking to the wife the other day, and um. You know, she's been posting quite a bit of stuff on Facebook. And, you know, she's just as busted up about this as I am. She's got a black son. It's messed up. I mean, anyway. We we talked about her. <laughs> we talked about... Uh, me not liking and loving her posts and stuff like that. And I explained to her that Facebook wasn't my platform to, uh, 
to air out my frustrations. I know a lot of people are doing it, and more power to you, you got a conversation started. I have a podcast. She doesn't. On our podcast, I'm going to use my voice on our podcast, and I'm going to say what I feel. And I don't care if I get one listener or a thousand. It doesn't matter. This is my platform. But, in honor of my wife, and of all of this shit that's going on, I'm going to read her post from yesterday. Um, you don't know what today is. I'm going to read her, you, her post from Monday. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very long. And she even said herself, she said, I think a lot of people don't read my posts because they're too long. I'm like, eh, maybe not. You know, I know a lot of people are lazy. They don't like to read these days. I like to read. I read the whole thing, but I'm not going to read the whole thing now because it really is too long. And I really do want to finish. But she says, so what? Uh, and by the way, she she stole this post. She didn't write it. She just. What do you call it? She didn't retweet it. She put it out there. So what is the protesting accomplished? Within 10 days of sustained protests, Minneapolis bans use of chokeholds. I, I guess that's good. I don't know. Uh, I'd rather you put me in a chokehold than shoot me. And if you see I'm not resisting, you'll release that chokehold and then just tie me up. Whatever. That's good. That's progress, I suppose. Charges are upgraded against Officer, whatever his name is, for George Floyd. And I said that earlier, he went from a murder three to a, to a murder two. Dallas adopts a duty, a, a quote, duty to intervene rule that requires officers to stop other cops who are engaging in inappropriate use of force. That's probably the biggest one that I read. And I really, really do like that. Good job, Dallas. New Jersey's attorney general said that the state will update its use of force guidelines for the first time in two decades. I like that. In Maryland, a bipartisan work group of state lawmakers announced a police reform work group, which is cool. Tata Motors did the same thing. They put the, they they joined a, they put this group together. Or at least our CEO is part of this group, where they. Um, Basically talking about um, our motors, oh, their tits, yeah. Sorry. Um, they, they're they putting together this group of company leaders uh, where they talk about race and, and integration within their companies to, uh, to make sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable coming to work. Bravo. Los Angeles City Council introduces a motion to reduce LAPD's $1.8 billion operating budget. I don't know what that means. If it means less cops on the road, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think cops should be paid more. I would have said increase that budget. But, you know, I don't know what all that money is going to. Maybe they should, instead of reducing the budget, uh hire a financial ma manager that makes sure that every penny is accounted for 
and spent where it's supposed to be spent. Eh, who knows? I'm an idiot. I don't know. Um, Boston agrees to stop using public buses to transport police officers to protests. I don't know why that's important, but sure. I would rather you take a paddy wagon to protest, but hey, if you say you want to take buses, public transportation, more parts of you. I don't get the point of that one, but whatever. Police brutality captured on cameras leads to near immediate suspensions and fringes of officers in several cities like Buffalo and Fort Lauderdale. Bravo. Monuments celebrating Confederates are removed in cities in Virginia, Alabama, and other states. Bravo. I mean, for you that love the Confederate flag, like, the South lost, man. (laughs) They lost the Civil War. Slaves are free. They've been freed. The South doesn't need to rise again. It's in the South. Let it stay in the South. Whatever. Me and Sean talked about that a little while ago. I don't even remember what episode it was, but... Um, streets in front of the White House, A Street in front of the White House, is renamed Black Lives Matter Plaza. And military forces begin to withdraw from D.C. More power to them. It's very sweet. Doesn't fucking change anything, but it is sweet. I guess you can still say thank you, right? And and there's just so much other stuff. Um, in Amsterdam, an estimated 10,000 people filled the damn square on Monday, holding signs and shouting popular chants like Black Lives Matter and No Justice, No Peace. So the protests that are here in America are, are, are being heard around the world. In Germany, multiple people gathered in multiple locations throughout Berlin to demand justice for Floyd and fight against police brutality. That's great. Um, A mural dedicated to Floyd spray-painted on a stretch of wall in Berlin that once divided the the German capital capital during the uh, Cold War. Very good. And on and on and on in these other countries. Um, I'll just name the countries. Denmark, Canada... What's happening in Canada? Um, protesters were in Canada also grieving for Regis Paquette, a 29-year-old black woman who died on Wednesday after falling from her balcony during a police investigation at her building. Ah, yes. I heard about this. I, I hadn't read the story yet, so I really can't comment on it. I don't know why the hell she fell off her balcony. What was involved? Did she just slip? Was she drunk? Was she... I I don't know what she was doing. I I don't get that one. Um, New Zealand. Memorials are everywhere. Poland. Syria. I saw some very um, moving videos um, in in the Middle East where um, teachers were teaching their classes, their classrooms about George Floyd. And the tragedies that are happening here in the U.S. And I thought that that was very cool. Um, So. Maybe I'll end on that. Let that be a high note I guess.
that it's not all bad and some good things are happening. I still got some daylight. I need a cigar after this. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, let me just say again, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that all lives matter. But listen, when you say to a black person, all lives matter, it translates to them that black lives don't matter. And the reason is, is because you cannot say that all lives matter without black lives mattering. I hope that makes sense. I probably could have said it more succinctly, but hopefully you get it. Just hit the rewind button and, and hear me say it again. Um, you want to be part of the solution? Get some black friends. Have some conversations with some people. And um, talk about it. Allow yourself to be uncomfortable. And allow yourself to get to a place where, you know, you're vulnerable enough to be honest. Have a conversation and um, deal with some shit. So, um, you know, as my friend used to say, don't suppress it, deal with it. That's the only way you're going to overcome anything. Don't suppress it, just deal with it. So, I appreciate you guys listening. And if you want to join the convo, hit me up, Michael at unchurchpodcast.show. Get our website, unchurchpodcast.show. And our Instagram and Twitter, at unchurchpod. We appreciate your attention. It means the world to us. If you like and share us, give us a five-star rating. Let us know what you think. We love you a long time. Peace.